0: Sit back, relax, and listen as we have a calm conversation about the mundane so that you, our dear listeners, can just drift off, chill, and maybe find sleep. I'm your host, Marco Timpano, and joining me today is Amanda Barker.
1: Hi, and thanks for having me back.
0: Amanda, I want to start today's show by Giving me a little shout-out to one of our listeners who really enjoys hearing you on the podcast. Oh, my goodness. Laura Crab sent me a message recently saying that she really enjoys the show, and uh, a sh- sort of shout-out from Texas, um, and I want to say a special thank you to Laura. You know, a lot of our listeners, they kind of are so relaxed or fall asleep by the end of our podcast that they don't think about reaching out to us. And so when our dear listeners do, it's always a pleasure. So thank you, Laura, for reaching out. It's so lovely to hear from you. Of course, Laura wants more episodes, which is something everyone is requesting, Amanda. So I will do my best to get more episodes up.
1: I think that's our back-to-school promise, to get some more episodes up, On you know, uh, as we sort of get back into... Some type of routine. I just wanted to say thank you to Laura. And, yeah, sometimes people wake up and, uh, you know, the next morning send a little review or a positive note or, um, you know, that type of thing. But I do love Texas, so it's really lovely hearing from somebody from Texas because it's such a great and fascinating state. And I've had many, many wonderful memories there.
0: We always have a good time and work. In Texas, we do. Yeah, yeah.
1: Fort Worth. Uh, I particularly love. I think it's such a great town.
0: Excellent. Well, thank you again, Laura. And today we're going to talk about something that we did yesterday. So we're going to escape from uh, Texas. I shouldn't say escape, but we're going to leave Texas for now. And mm-hmm. we're going to talk about Paris,
1: the city of lights.
0: Indeed, the <laughs> the the city that brings you down a wonderful canal.
1: So many um, beautiful memories of Paris, the Champs-Elysees,
0: the Louvre,
1: Père Lachaise, Notre-Dame,
0: Sacré-Cœur,
1: Mamat, uh,
0: the Latin Quarter.
1: Uh, oh no, I think you've stumped me. Um, the, the Louvre. I, we, I
0: said the Louvre.
1: Yeah, that might be it for me. <laughs> but that's
0: not the Paris we're going to be talking about. We're going to be talking about Paris, Ontario, which is a town or city in our province, about an hour and 20 minutes away from where we live.
1: Mm -hmm. Slightly different Paris.
0: Slightly different Paris, but beautiful nonetheless, and the people there are lovely, and we had the opportunity to go down the, um, what river was it again?
1: Not the Seine.
0: No, not the Seine. The Grand River. The Grand River. We Booked ourselves on a little excursion with a couple of friends. If you saw the Instagram story I posted yesterday, and yes, I'm trying to learn how to do the social media better, so I'm posting Instagram stories. I was in a canoe saying that today's episode was going to be a day late because we were on the Grand River doing a tandem canoe trip.
1: So you were in a canoe that was attached to another canoe that's right we both were we both were yeah um, we were in side-by-side canoes which I guess equals a catamaran which I didn't realize I don't think so I think well, it's no, just it tandem canoe I think it's two sort of vessels that kind of are side by side that float on top of the water so I don't know I have to look up the the, the full definition of catamaran but you know a, a type of raft um, certainly it's a good term for what we did but basically it was two <laughs> canoes with a pole, kind of, couple poles in between.
0: Kind of like hockey sticks.
1: Kind of like hockey sticks, and they were duct-taped sort of to the canoes to, to, to attach them. So it was kind of makeshift, but honestly, really, really wonderful. And
0: sturdy. And I yeah. know it sounds... It was sturdy. It, it doesn't sound sturdy. It doesn't it sound sturdy. It sounds a little bit... You know, sketchy, but it wasn't at all. It was Mm -hmm. really lovely. I was in the back of the canoe along with our dear friend Melissa D'Agostino in her tandem canoe. She was in the back, and you and her husband Matt Campagna were in the front. Mm -hmm. So you you guys did paddling. We did a lot of um, steering and what do you call it? Uttering, I guess. We were the utter
1: uttering with the nor and uttering directions to us. That's right, as well (laughs) verbally, (laughs) verbal utters.
0: Well, because at one point we were we were all paddling, but we were putting our oar in at different times, and mm-hmm. so I was like, "We really need to put our oars in at the same time and so I shouted out the directions on how to do so
1: <laughs> yeah um it was uh it was such a fun experience, and uh you know our canoes filled with with water at one well, not filled with water, but certainly. More water than we expected because we were sitting on sort of the raised bench part of the canoe, which is meant to be sat on. Uh, so I think we had in our brains that maybe our feet would get a little wet, but we didn't realize uh, the water actually can, can it, it's not rapid, certainly. But there are waves and splashes the way any river worth its salt can. Uh, can have and so there were parts where we you know we'd be near rocks or something and so there was a lot of splashing going into the canoe but it was certainly a lazy uh gliding trip for the most part.
0: Well the wonderful thing about the trip on the Grand River is that we start at a lovely place we started at a pub which is interesting there so there's a pub right. you, know, you know how a lot of restaurants and beautiful places like to be right on the river even in France in the left bank you'll see a sure. lot of You'll see a lot of uh, restaurants and and, uh, what do they call them in France? Uh, Bistros. Bistros, thank you, Mm -hmm. right by the river. Likewise, there is this pub that's right on the river, and that's where we got our our canoes. And so it's like, oh, we could have a pint there before, but we decided not to because we were going to be on a river that we weren't aware of. And we did have a guide in a kayak just in case um, maybe they sized us up and said, I think we should put a— (laughs)
1: Give them a guide. Give them a
0: guide. (laughs) Yeah. And once we got on the river, Amanda, the beautiful thing uh, uh, amongst seeing the beautiful trees and the beautiful homes that sort of line parts of the river and going under these gorgeous bridges were seeing the wildlife.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, So we had done a river trip a few weeks ago, and that's what inspired this river trip. That one that we did a few weeks ago was a little bit shorter. Um, we were on little inflatable rafts. This one definitely felt a little bit more like we were leaning into the Canadian wilderness. True. And uh, it was a gorgeous, gorgeous day for birds. So we saw so many beautiful, and I know we talk a lot about birds on this program.
0: This, this season... It's been birds nonstop.
1: Well, they're gorgeous creatures. And uh, sometimes we forget to to connect with them. And I, I certainly have never really thought much about birds until this year. But being on that river, we saw so many gorgeous birds. I don't know that we know all of the birds that we saw, we know a few of them.
0: Well, the one that we kept seeing that was always, that always left me awestruck was the blue heron. And the, you were the one who identified the blue heron first.
1: Yeah. So on our first rafting trip a few weeks back. Which
0: was more of a lazy river. Right. Trip. So we'll call that one the Lazy River. And that was in Kitchener.
1: Yeah. And what's the name of that river in
0: Kitchener? I want to say it's called the Grand River as well. It might They're be. All the, called the Grand No, Route. it might be the same river. Well,
1: there's Kitchener and then there's Paris. So the Kitchener trip uh, two, two, three weeks ago, we saw one. We saw lots of beautiful birds, lots of ducks. But. At the very end, we saw this majestic creature, and it was definitely it had a, the look of a crane with a long neck and gorgeous elongated beak. and you know, the way you'd picture a heron to look. Um, but it was this beautiful gray blue color, like a, like a, if you mixed a sky blue with a charcoal. That's sort of the color that it was. Just really, really gorgeous. And I'd never seen a, 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 a heron that color. Are herons and cranes the same thing? I don't know, actually.
0: I don't know, but it is the like, Grand River. It is yeah. the Grand River in Kitchener as well. But it could be two different. it could be the same it river. It could be the same They're river. I think, it's, I think it's the same river.
1: I do too. Hence it being so grand um, and spanning, you know, obviously many. Many miles.
0: So you were asking, is a heron? Is
1: a heron and a crane the same bird? I don't know the difference between a heron and a crane. Perhaps one is larger, or a heron is a type of crane, maybe?
0: I can tell you there are eight main differences between a heron and a crane. Oh,
1: I would love to l- to learn this, actually.
0: Okay, so um, heron versus crane, the neck during flight. Uh, the crane stretches out its neck while it's flying, mm-hmm. but the heron curves its neck, Amanda. oh, and their diet and feeding cranes are omnivores, so they eat both animals and plant manors, plant matter rather, mm-hmm. but herons are strictly carnivores.
1: Oh, so, so they just go after the fish.
0: yeah, they just go after the Worms. fish yeah. um and their calls are different. A crane has a rattling loud bugling type of call, Amanda, whereas a heron has more of a croaking call.
1: Which we heard yesterday.
0: That's right. Yeah. And the crane is monogamous and mates for life. Oh, wow. While a heron
1: changes mates. (laughs) And there's,
0: there's other things too, but those are some main differences between the two.
1: I heard once that the geese, or Canada geese in particular, mate for life. I wonder if that's true. The idea of mating for life is a is just a fascin- fascinating thing in the animal kingdom anyway, in general. Sure. Um, but, uh, yeah, these blue herons, um, I thought that they were protected species in right. Canada. They're certainly—I mean, you're not going to see a blue heron downtown Toronto, that's for sure. And this is only an hour from Toronto. Mm-hmm. And I will say this river that we were on yesterday, the Grand River in Paris— was, I mean, we must have seen, honestly, 30 blue herons in that time. Yes. 30 different blue herons. Um, we saw, you know, two together often, um, since they're they're dating <laughs> or whatever. Um, I don't think we saw any babies, although I don't know what a baby blue heron would look like, so I really have no idea, but we did see other birds as well. I
0: should mention that the blue heron has a kind of bluish gray or grayish bluish of feather color so it's not it's not a bright blue but it's more of a deep steel blue right amanda
1: well that's what i said i said if you mixed a charcoal with a sky blue that was sort of the color and some are more blue and some are more gray sure so you may see a gray one and not sure because it doesn't really appear completely blue in color they are gorgeous though so yeah we saw about 30 of those Um, We saw some beautiful blue jays as well, lots of blue birds, Um, although actually now that I think about it, they were smaller than the blue jays we normally see, so maybe they were in fact blue birds versus blue jays. Um, And we uh, saw—what other birds did we see? We
0: saw a cardinal. But it was on the on the Grand River, but we weren't in the canoe when we saw mm-hmm. it, and cardinals are always spectacular.
1: They're red. And that cardinal was smaller than the ones we'd see in Toronto, too. Smaller and a little lighter in in its reddish, almost an orangish yeah. color.
0: And one of the birds that I love, whenever I see one, and we were able to identify it, is the common loon, which is a a Canadian bird or a North, North American bird. Uh, that is just spectacular, so I think. So beautiful. And they have a real distinct dive, the mm-hmm. way they dive almost on an angle, mm-hmm. 45 degree angle right into the water. And what I love about the loon, and we got to see this, is oftentimes when they take off from the water, their their feet, what do you call those Those webbed feet, their, their feet will kind of like... Touch the water a couple times before they take off, so
1: right. they kind of like they paddle their way out of the, they paddle their way into the air. Yes, in a sense, loons have such a serenity about them. Um, I love that they're synonymous with Canada in so many ways. They're an emblem of Canada. They're on our our coins. That's right. I mean, our coin. For those of you who don't live in Canada, and might not know this. Um, our gold $1 coins, we don't have a $1 bill. We have a $1 coin is called a loonie because yes. it has a loon on it. It's and so- I remember when it when they first came out, they, these beautiful shiny gold coins. I just moved to Canada. So uh, my friend Adrian Dawson in lineup uh, to get snacks in the eighth grade said, I have a loonie. And I didn't know what she was talking about. Right. She was showing off her new loonie. And then uh, at least 10 years later, probably more, more like 15 years later, they introduced a $2 coin and of course called it the toonie. And we just take it for granted because we call them loonies and toonies, but it's quite, when you actually think about it, silly.
0: What's funny is you're going to hear this similar conversation with an upcoming episode with Nima where he, oh, no yes, we he, we got, for some reason we got talking about birds in Canada and He, When I mentioned the loon, he goes down a deep dive with the loony loony. and toony because it really struck him. So I think a lot of people who don't live here or haven't visited here don't realize that we refer to our coins like that.
1: Well, it also shows a national sense of humbleness and humor to say loony and toony and for those to be the... Be accepted, and I believe official names mm-hmm. of. I mean, they weren't official, and then I think we just made them made official. Them, yeah,
0: or or certainly unofficial. What everyone says them, but, we, but the loon. Back to the loon.
1: Yeah. Um, the loon's call is very distinct. Is it not the call that sort of has that trill kind of quality? No, that... it has
0: more of a kind of like uh, echoey, kind of um, ghostly kind of feel to it, oh. as if, it, if a call of longing is what it sounds like. Um, I won't make the call because no, it, might, it might might be m- shrill. It might be a bit shrill. I yeah. thought it
1: was a sort of like um, there used to be like Canadian wildlife spots, mm-hmm. and I thought there was always a sound of a bird on those. I thought that was the call of the loon, right? But now I'm not it sure. might be,
0: but we might just hear it differently. Well, I'll
1: definitely look it up after. Um,
0: there was a little teensy bird that that would uh, fly close to the water that I wasn't able to identify, mm-hmm. and. We also saw deer and a, a wild turkey.
1: That was another bird. We saw a wild turkey kind of bopping around in the field. Which was Right incredible. next to a deer. I looked at the deer. The deer was very interesting to me because, you know, I grew up in a place where we did have deer and we'd see mm-hmm. them. But this deer, I think it was younger. Uh, I think it was a doe. Mm-hmm. Um, it, Had very big eyes, which they do; hence the term deer and headlights. But, but it and it they weren't in our. It was or doe eyed, doe eyed. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I think i I've never quite seen a deer's eyes this big. It almost seemed like an animation. The deer was so happy to see us, unlike other deers I've ever encountered. It didn't, you know. We were just driving slowly down a gravel road at that point. And um, this was when we had gotten out of the raft or the canoes and just looked, saw this deer. It just saw us. It was just munching on some leaves, very happy, wide-eyed. I should
0: mention, dear listeners, Amanda is great at spotting wildlife, and she was the one who spotted the deer. No one else in the vehicle spotted the deer. And you'll often do that. You'll be like, like, oh, look, and you'll point out some animal in the distance. I think when
1: you grow up in a place that is surrounded by woods, you are always looking at... You're looking for wildlife, and you're used to seeing it. So I think when you become more used to seeing it, then you begin to look for it. Moose as well. I'm always looking for moose. Moose, deer. Um, But you're very good at seeing the wild turkeys. You're the one who spotted that one.
0: It takes a turkey to see a turkey. (laughs) So, okay, Amanda, we're, we're out of the canoe, the tandem canoe. We're away from the little... A forested area and the ginseng farms. That's
1: right. So coming out of so anytime you do a rafting trip, you obviously start in one place and end in another place because you're following the the natural flow of the river. And so, of course, we came out three hours later, I think, in a very different place, um, but also near Paris. So we took this dirt road, saw this deer, this wild turkey, and then we drove past some farms. That's right. But they were different farms than what you'd normally see in Canada with a different... um, Crop. Yeah, a different crop, a low crop, though. They almost looked like vineyards, but the crop was low.
0: No, to me, I thought they look like tobacco fields, but that's not the tobacco leaf. And that's why I asked the person driving, who was also a guide, I said, it looks, reminds me of tobacco, but the leaf is not tobacco.
1: And it's an interesting sort of point, because tobacco used to be a really widely um, uh, cultivated cultivated. crop, Mm -hmm. and there's less demand for it. And he
0: said they replaced the tobacco in those fields with...
1: Ginseng, Canadian ginseng, um, which, you know... I've seen Canadian ginseng in stores certainly but I uh as I think our listeners know used to live many years ago in South Korea and of course ginseng is one of the biggest products in South Korea sure. so when you take the train through the southern part of South Korea you do see ginseng being grown everywhere so it looked familiar to me but not familiar in a Canadian way Right uh, and, yeah, it's it's ginseng, which is amazing. So there's a lot of ginseng farming going along in this area of Canada. Yeah. So, yeah, we, we saw that, and we were told there's also a, a forest nearby that have very, very rare trees as well. That's
0: right, an old-growth forest. Yeah. And um, that particular area of Ontario, he said, is very much akin to the forests of northern Car- North Carolina.
1: Yeah. Beautiful.
0: Yeah. So we'll have more information on that next month because we're going to do another.
1: I know now we're these people. We just keep going back and getting on rafts.
0: We just canoe. (laughs) But before we end the show, I want to talk about Paris, Ontario, the city itself or the town itself and Mm -hmm. how quaint and charming it is.
1: It truly is. It's one of those beautiful, older turn of the century towns with a gorgeous little main street.
0: Made famous because Alexander Grand Bell moved to Paris and then he went on to Brant- Brantford which is nearby and the first phone call ever made was from Brantford where we had dinner to Paris, mm-hmm. Ontario. So that was where the first phone call was ever first,
1: made. First long distance phone call. Oh, was it long distance? Yes, okay. it was the first I don't know what the short distance phone call was Fair but enough. that was the first long distance phone call. Of course it's not it's about a 20 minute distance, but sure. still a long distance. Especially back then. Especially back then. So I'm sure that would have been very exciting for everybody. And the, down, there.
0: the downtown of Paris, while probably not as exuberant as Paris, France, they have some definite treats one can enjoy, including fudge and ice cream.
1: We bought. Some fudge.
0: <laughs> and some ice cream and some chocolate because they have a fine chocolate here.
1: And we also bought some welcome mats at a beautiful little shop as well.
0: For some reason, every time we go to Paris, we buy welcome mats because the previous we bought two welcome mats, mm-hmm. which one has goats on it, if I'm not mistaken.
1: And I believe one is a beachy kind of mm-hmm. mat. And then... We bought a turkey mat in honor of uh, upcoming Thanksgiving. That's
0: right. And and I was really debating whether I should buy the turkey one or they have a festive holiday one.
1: Well, we had just seen a wild turkey. So I think it was a sign to buy a mat with a gorgeous turkey and all its plumage.
0: And they have this beautiful hotel, which we are going to go to hopefully
1: this fall, soon. hopefully okay.
0: soon. Um I forget the name of the it's hotel. It's called the Arlington Thank Hotel. You.
1: Yeah, it's sort of the big hotel in Paris, and it uh, very excited. We had wanted to go there previously, but with restrictions, we couldn't. So, right. we uh, are going to fulfill that promise shortly or soon, and this hotel has decided to. They completely renovated a few years ago. I should
0: mention, it's in a historic building. Yeah. Like, it's in...
1: Very historic hotel. Yeah,
0: it's like one of those grand hotels from yesteryear that Mm -hmm. has been, like you said, restored and made back into a hotel.
1: And they have taken these rooms, each room, and themed it uh, usually for an an author or an artist. Mostly authors, but then there's some artists as well. So some of the... Themed rooms include a Jane Austen room, a Mary Shelley room, uh, an Edgar Allan Poe room. Um, I'm trying to, a Virginia Woolf room.
0: I think there's a Leonard Cohen. There a is Star a, Trek room. If I don't I'm not know about saying. the
1: Star Trek. There is a There's a There's a Stan Lee room. Oh, okay. Uh, and Leonard Cohen room as well. Um, and this it would include things that are inspired by these artists. Sure. Um, There's a Stanley Kubrick room, a Leonardo da Vinci room as well. Um, But, yeah, things inspired by their art, uh, quotes from them, photos of their art, and things that they've created are photos of them. So, yeah, very fascinating. The Arlington Hotel, and we've been wanting to stay there for a long time. So hopefully soon we'll we'll have that experience to share.
0: Um, This has been a love letter to Paris, Ontario. The mayor is David Bailey, maybe he'll... uh, Give us a shout-out in uh, the next City Hall well, meeting.
1: Yeah, it's our new favorite town, and mm. we encourage our listeners from all over the world to think about a little a little Paris as they drift off.
0: Yeah, when you need a little Paris in your life, you can find it nearby. At least we can. It's only an hour away. We also went to a beautiful, and I know this is going to sound a bit odd, fishmonger place. In, in, oh,
1: yes, that's right.
0: Our listeners might know that I have affinity to going into fish markets and speaking to fishmongers. And there was a really adorable fish market that we drove by. And Amanda actually said to our friends, do you mind if we go into that, that fish I market? I believe
1: it's called the Jigs and Reels Fish Market. Um, and the only reason that that and that I'm even mentioning that is because Jigs and Reels is one of those things that you hear a lot about on the East Coast, particularly Newfoundland, the East Coast of Canada, Um and uh, a jigs and a, a jig or a reel are fiddle tunes, versions of fiddle tunes. Oh. I'm sure you would hear them a lot in um, in other Celtic populated areas, and certainly in Ireland and Scotland, probably as well.
0: And of course, a jig and a reel is often used in fishing too. Right. right. So, so it's a. Play on I didn't wards. even think of that.
1: Yeah. Oh, see, I see you thought of that, and right. I saw jigs and reels and thought, oh, that's what. I have a friend who's a fiddle player, so I'd hear about it a lot. And but. we
0: went into this lovely fish market. And you spoke to the I, what I believe who I believe was the owner, um, and Gina.
1: She was very lovely mm. and uh, very warm and friendly, just like she does. She does the East Coast of Canada proud, and and supplies products all from the East Coast yeah, of cause Canada. Yeah, because
0: she's she's from Newfoundland, who now is uh, yeah. in Paris. And uh, I bought a lovely t shirt.
1: You did, yeah. And our
0: friends bought. Clam chowder. They and, did and, and a
1: huge and, thing of clam chowder, and she also had products not just from Newfoundland, but uh, she was careful to say that she got she had dulse from New Brunswick. That's right. Muscles from PEI and so on. So yeah, lots of um lots of live like product there, but also yes. lots of things like salts and. Um, obviously Art- Artisanal, artisanal yeah, items. Candles yeah, candles and chocolates and things like yeah. that too. So really fun place. Yeah, a lot, of, just a hidden treasure in Paris, Ontario.
0: And when we go back, we're going to venture in there because they also have lobster rolls you can get. And I know you're a big fan of I lobster rolls. I
1: am a big rolls. fan. I don't generally go into my love of foods. Right. Um, but uh, I'll definitely go in and maybe get a candle or two and maybe a lobster roll.
0: Well, dear listener, thank you for taking this sojourn to Paris with us City of Lights, City of Lobster you'll hear more after our next trip there
1: it's the City of Lights for some, for us it's the town of river rafting
0: there you go and I hope wherever you are you have a quaint beautiful city you can get to and I hope you were able to listen and sleep